0: Hey everybody, welcome in to the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I'm Chad Noonan, very excited to be here for episode 31. I had a big week, uh, I was at Just for Laughs all week, and wow, the talent, the Canadian talent that represented this beautiful country, Canada, at Just for Laughs was unbelievable. The New Faces show, the Canadian New Faces show, what was incredible. Steph Tollev's uh, Canadian keynote, unbelievable Emotional, poignant, amazing speech. Uh, so many other great Canadians I saw performing uh, across the festival. It was it was unbelievable to see all this talent. Normally on the show, we talk about the legends of comedy. We talk about uh, people that have been there and done this before. But Canadian comedy is in such good hands with all these incredible Canadian comedians that I saw uh, just for laughs. Uh, Last week, it it was awesome. Once again, thanks for to just for laughs for for letting me let me go there do my thing and uh, and bring in the uh, Soak in the amazing the amazing festival that is JFL It is festival season here in Canada music festivals going on jazz festivals blues festivals all across the country I want to tell you about another festival that's happening and that is danforth comedy festival it's presented by comedy nuggets it's it's going to be incredible five days three venues unbelievable festival kicks off august 4th 5th and 6th weekend then continues august 11th and 12th three venues uh dawn on the danforth uh, the comedy bar danforth location and socap comedy in toronto the lineup is incredible. It features the likes of Sean Cullen, Allie Pierce, Crystal Ferrier, Nathan McIntosh, Glenn Foster, Evan Carter, Kathy Boyd, Tim Blair, just to name a few. Some of the best talent from this country will be involved in that, in that festival. Uh, and if you want tickets, it's comedy nuggets.com everything danforth comedy festival this episode is going to be uh, focused on that festival i have one comedian who's going to be on that two comedians actually uh, lenny Carrado, a man i met last year at just for Last, a man who knows his food so we get into that a little bit and also luke lindell luke is the creator the producer the everyman he has done everything for this festival he's a comedian himself and will we'll be performing at the danforth comedy festival both of those gentlemen are on the show. Uh, had a great, great chat with both of them. I love catching up with t- these two guys. I met them at Just for Laughs last year. They are, they are a ton of fun. Uh, talking comedy, talking Canadian comedy, and talking the Danforth Comedy Festival. Please enjoy it. Lenny Corrado and Luke Lendell on the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I was going to say what I loved about you, Lenny, is like you always knew uh, where the free food was going to be. Yeah, in that's Australia. right. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. And where the best smoked meat sandwich was uh, yes. in Montreal. What was the yeah, best we...
1: one? Was it Schwartz's? That's, I think Schwartz is the one they say, but Luke it was from Montreal, so he has a different baby idea. Don, no, don, no don, never dude. was.
2: I am still from Montreal. No, <laughs> you, you are in wrong now. No, 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 never. It's always in your heart. It's like uh, when someone moves from the old country to Canada, they are never really Canadian, right? They are always from wherever they came
1: from. In in Canada, yes. What? In Canada, yes. The states are different.
2: Oh well, yeah. But what? I, well, no. With the people, the the like the the, the immigrants. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you immigrate from somewhere where you've grown up, you never really fully think the way of the new place. You know what I mean? You always keep some of that culture with you. Yes. Well, I think it probably depends on the person, but stubbornly you you just it's it's part of how you operate, how you think, right? So it's kind of like it's it's it becomes part of your identity of who you are and to kind of kind of let it go feels like you're letting part of who you are going, right? Like it's it's part of your like how you identify as a person.
1: Luke, well, you gravitate you, know, I... you gravitate towards those people when you move to that country, and you you know this, that's your safety net. People of the same culture. That's why Montreal and Toronto are so so many different pockets, right?
0: There's so many, and you, just this might be a great segue into one of the shows on Comedy Nuggets, the Greek the Greek show that you're doing. One of my, my favorite people, Manolis
2: is Manolis hosting that show. Actually, uh, the Greek show Manolis is headlining the show. Oh, amazing! And yeah. OPS uh, Nasiopolis is uh, hosting.
0: Okay. I mean, he's, he's unbelievable as as
2: well. He's headlining. Um, He's in two shows. He's headlining a show as well, but he's for that one. He's hosting it. I want
0: to get to Danforth comedy festival, but first I want to start kind of with your careers. Luke, you just mentioned you're from Montreal originally. Is that where you started comedy?
2: That's right. I started comedy a long time ago uh, in Montreal. I uh, took courses at the second city Sorry, Second City. What am I saying? Um, I moved to my, I moved to Toronto to take a course at Second City. I, when I first took a course at the Comedy Works, taught by a guy who uh, unfortunately recently passed away, Mike Nemeroff, um, mm-hmm. who everyone realized that uh, he was 82 when he passed away. And I think everyone thought he was in his 50s, which is crazy yeah. in and in itself. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I took a course with him. Very funny comic. And uh, then I, I moved to Toronto uh, kind of two years later to take a course at Second City. Was was the move to Toronto based around Second City? It was exactly that. My my move to Toronto at that time, um, I was young, so I wasn't great at planning. And of course, the Internet didn't even exist. And uh, my planning uh, was this, basically. I somehow I became aware of the Second City. I called them and booked the first uh, session, you know, level one for the seven weeks. And I took a bus from Montreal the overnight. And landed, uh, you know, in the bus there, you it, it goes at um, on Bay Street near, uh, near Dundas. I got out of the bus. I literally had no idea where I was in the world. And I had this big hockey bag, which I put everything that I wanted to bring my whole world was in this hockey, big hockey bag. I had no place to stay. Um, it was like 10 in the morning. And all I knew was I didn't even know how to get to Second City. But I found my way there with all my belongings. I took that first course. And when the course ended, I think it went from one to three or something like that, or maybe one to four. Anyways, when the course ended, I then had to find out like where I was going to sleep that night and what I was going to do with the rest of my life there. You know, I knew no one here. I knew nothing. Did you, was there a
0: gap that you took off in comedy as well? Did you like take a a bunch of years off and then, then now we're back like kind of full force into it?
2: Yeah, I, I stopped doing comedy. So I, I, when I lived in Australia, sorry, when I lived in Toronto, my dad's Australian. And I got this idea to be to go and live in Australia for a year. And I was a backpacker, did the working holiday visa where I, I went, spend more money than I had, got drunk, did all those things. When I came back to Canada, I owed my dad a lot of money and I decided I would pay him back and give him 30 percent on his money as if he would have, had invested it during that time. OK, so I owed him lots of money. I ended up working. Um, and because I was working, I was, I was literally working two jobs. I was working customer service in an RSP place. And then at night I would work in processing the RSP applications. So I was working like nine to five and then six to 11. So from nine to 11, I was, so I had no time for anything else. I did this for like a year and a half. It was insane. Um, and during that period, um, I shortly met my girlfriend and then my wife, you know, same person. And then, uh, Anyways, and then we went through a bunch of stuff. I think we talked about that when we met at JFL last year. I went through fertility and stuff. And yeah, during that whole period, so the, the the amount of time I didn't do stand-up, or sorry, that I didn't do any comedy whatsoever was 12 years. From 1998 to 2010, I did absolutely nothing. And then I only started stand-up seven years later. So between 1998 and 2017, I didn't do any stand-up. So for 19 years, I did no stand-up. And then uh, I started back again in 2017. That's right.
1: How old were you then when you we're restarted? Kids, at what age did you restart?
2: Well, I started. I started when I was forty-five. I'm currently uh, ninety-seven.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm at <not excited>. Lenny's <laughs> always trying my... to
2: figure out how old I am. It's my birthday today. Lenny's yes. keeps looking oh, at happy my
0: birthday.
2: Yeah, he looks at my timeline trying to see if anybody says how old I am. <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. Lenny. Happy ex are...
2: birthday. Pardon? You're you're Lenny, Lenny, the butcher. Which
0: yeah.
1: When
2: I got
0: into stand up, I saw your name out there and, and yeah. that being advertised. And I was like, Oh, I just love that name. Uh, you've also been doing it for, for, for years in the, I, where, I, where did comedy start for you?
1: Um, I, I, uh, started in, um, in the late, uh, early nineties, I started taking improv classes at second city. I went in second city, Toronto. I went through the whole program uh, from level one to level six. We did a, we did a, a um, uh, a show at the end of that, um and we all the co- all the comics were. I mean, all of us did a show together, and uh, and then I, I I like Luke. I didn't do comedy for a while because I, I you know I was married. I had two kids. They were small, and I'm a butcher as well. I had my own business, right, and that's why I started going out as Lenny the Butcher. So people would say, "What's your name?" I said, "Lenny corrado It's kind of bland, right? So go, I'm a butcher, Lenny. I'm a butcher. So they go, "Okay, Lenny the Butcher, Lenny the Butcher." So it connected and it stuck till this day, right? And then in 2006, after you know, I guess I don't know how long I, I waited between between 1990 and 2006. I actually started doing stand-up in 2006, Yuck Yucks, Amateur Night. I would do it whenever I could get on. There were many places at that time to do it. The Laugh Resort, Yuck Yucks, maybe um, a few other small places at the time. And you know, it was very, uh, Betty's in Toronto, a place called Betty's. There was places where you go there, mostly comics, and you, you felt very self-conscious. But because I took the workshops, and I'm also going anyway, I was able to get through it. The first few months were tough because I, I did one show and then I got a bad review from the host, who was pretty much of a dick. Everybody knew him as a dick, right? He would pick on everybody. And then I, I didn't, didn't go back for you know a month or so. And then I started going. And um, uh, like I said, I started in 2006, so I was 45 years old then. Okay, so I started very late, like you know, like just for. And and I thought, I thought improv is hard because you need a group. You can't coordinate a group to go everywhere every time. So I'll do myself. And I've been doing that since 2006. And throughout my, you know, the kids are older now. I I closed my business because it wasn't doing well back in 2012. So for the past, actually, the past eight ten years, I've been doing a lot more than uh, uh, because I've been had, had more time uh, at night, not to worry about my business, you know. And um, I hooked up a lot more clubs, you know, the the, the comedy the comedy bar in Toronto, the Rivoli, uh, the Corner, uh, Bubble Boys. There's uh you know there's uh Yak Yuck Yak's, absolutely. There's so many places in Toronto. You know that probably right
0: crazy yeah well, what do you think of this like kind of like we're in like a comedy boom again like people talk about the boom when when people first discovered stand up in the 80s and then there was another boom later on and now we're in this other where everybody's just on the stand up train and all these clubs are thriving in Toronto um you've kind of seen it come full circle well yeah I mean, it, I
1: mean, it's great it's good for the comics cuz there's a lot more venues to do right and if you don't want to if you can't get on a venue you can rent a venue and do your own show and give yourself some uh stage time while you're waiting to get on other shows right you practice your craft you need to do it like you know you know yourself if you're not doing it for like a week even it's like it feels odd like your your timing is a bit off you you're not up with what's going on in the world you know you might have missed something uh, but with all these clubs out there even if you do uh like five minutes or seven minutes somewhere you know you're doing something you're getting out there right
0: it's 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 kind of luke is that how like comedy nuggets started was like a way for you to produce shows that you were on um i see like a lot of people doing that and then it's just kind of blossomed into this whole brand
2: that you have well well, yeah really like what happened was that um it's interesting i I gave a lot of thought about that at one point someone was asking me like how did you start producing shows right and how it really started was i was doing improv and um to, like Lenny was saying, like I wanted to be in an improv group and stuff like that. And there was a guy who had started doing um, uh, an, an improv night on Mondays once once a week, and he just got a bunch of people together and he, he himself put them into groups and he would produce this show on Monday nights. And uh, a lot of the shows even now are are pay what you can in improv, right? So we would have this show at SoCap Comedy on Monday nights, and a lot like a lot of improv shows, the only people that would show up were the improvisers themselves to watch these shows. Uh, we wouldn't meet to to, you know, have a coach or something and get better. And uh, and this guy, I think he did it for a couple months. And then he was like, listen, I'm out. This is too much work. And if anybody wants to take it over, let me know. And at that time, kind of like what Lenny was saying, like it was my only kind of regular kind of set time that I was performing. Right. This once a week show that I was. So I thought, geez, if this goes away, well, what, what else do I have? You know, so I thought, oh, well, maybe I should maybe I'll do it, you know. So anyway, so I did it um, and I think I did it for like six months and it was so brutal. Um, people didn't get better um, because we weren't practicing. We didn't, no one wanted to kind of afford coaches. And I didn't have like the, the sort of connections or the the desire to sort of organize that and do all that business of having coaches and stuff like that. I wasn't really trying to run like a school or anything. We we're just trying to run, run this one night. And then, and then I got back into stand up, and because I had, I knew the guys at SOCAP and stuff, I I partnered with a a woman who was uh, one of the students in a class I was taking, and I thought, you know what, let's just do a show. I just wanted to do a show like super low stakes, right? We'll just have like the seven people in the class. We'll just do seven minutes each. We won't charge anyone anything. We'll just invite our friends, like super, super low stakes is all I wanted to do, you know, just a place to like do stuff. That's all I wanted. And then, yeah, as time went on, she decided to partner with someone else and do other things. She's still producing shows there. They, they produce shows, uh, Black Sheep Comedy, produces shows here in Toronto. I've been on uh, they, I've been they, some Black Sheep shows, yeah. Yeah, shows. yeah, they, they do that together. Um, and uh, and then I thought, you know, they were charging for tickets. I'd never charged for tickets before. And I thought, you know what? I don't know, maybe I'll try that, you know? M- maybe that would work, I don't know. Anyways, I did it and it kind of just evolved. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it comes back to what Lenny's saying. And I think that's what you're saying, right? Is like, any any comedian that produces a show it's always self-serving right i mean you do it because you want to you want stage time and you want to create opportunities for yourself and you want to and then i kind of thought well what better way to have a a great opportunity for myself than to have other great comedians in a show that i'm in also draw good audiences and i've been lucky that i have sold out at times and it makes for for a great opportunity and and as a comedian you always grow on good shows, right? And typically, good shows are you fill the room with uh, with a lot of people, like a lot of audience, and you have other comedians on the show that are really good that that surround you, and then that makes a great opportunity, and therefore you grow as a comedian yourself, you know. So that that's how it kind of just evolved from there, right? That thinking. I mean, what does it like mean to you with like a somebody like Luke, a
0: producer who's like making these shows? You you've been on a, on a ton of uh, the Comedy Nuggets shows. You know, just that, that you know it's it's going to be done right, like these shows. Uh, I'm sure you've done, like, the show you get to, and it's not great, and it's not done right, and they don't even have a microphone and a light. So it must be nice when you, when you know a show's being done right.
1: Well, when a show is done by someone, by a comic, they know what the comics want, right? They know... Yeah the microphone, the right microphone, a, a, a stool a, on, the, on stage to put, your, to put your water on or something, you know? Sometimes you don't even get that, you know? Uh, the right lighting is very important. The right seating, the, seat people in the front if you can, if it's your own show, right? Don't let the, the club just put them wherever they want. So, you know, it's like, it's like uh, players who, uh, who become coaches in sports. They know what they did in sports, what they want, you know? So that's why some coaches are better than others. They, they know exactly how to treat the, the players, right?
0: Yeah, oh that that's a great analogy. Um let's talk about Danforth Comedy Fest. Uh so the weekend of August 4th and the weekend of August 11th. That's right. Um on
2: on the Danforth. This is exciting. This is the first one, I assume. That's right. This is the first one ever. It's exciting. Um, I I think uh I think the biggest thing it is for me at the moment is is it's surreal um that I'm producing a festival. Um I I know that um, you know, obviously, I think that when we think of festivals, we probably think more like the Just for Laughs version, right? Um, Where it's just this monolith. I mean, it's massive in Montreal, where I mean, they just have a ridiculous number of shows and and amazing comedians from around the world come. Um, I I would say that the comedians that are coming here are at that same level, I would say the scale is smaller. And I would say the venues uh, are more intimate. Um, So I mean, there is there is something nice about that. I mean, I think that It would be like just for laughs was in the 90s at smaller venues like the club sodas even today i I suppose like there there are some smaller venues in in montreal right like Mm -hmm. cafe cleopatra etc like those kind of venues You know where you fit between 100 or 150 or 250, right? Where you're still super close to the action as the audience, and it feels feels great, right? You're not in some big stadium, although that that can be good too. But um, I think that's good, right? And then I've got uh, people that have been on the Tonight Show. Got stand up. We got we got some improv. uh, We got a a couple that come in from uh, Columbus, Ohio. They're called here. They they get a couple suggestions from the audience, and then they produce. They sorry, yeah. They 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 create a uh, 45 minute play improvised play like musical like singing etc um, every time i've seen them they've been phenomenal um so i'm sure that will continue to be the case right and a, a lot of local acts but a lot of people that uh got, got a woman sam Ramsdale, coming in uh from uh from new york area where she's uh she has 3.6 million followers on uh, tiktok she's coming in as well and uh, all the headliners have been either in a major festival in Canada or on late night tv kind of minimum
0: yeah like some of david mcintosh crystal ferrier frank yeah. dome amazing canadian talent in this what exactly. was like what was like the 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 moment where you were like oh this is something i i want to do you know, we know about comedy nuggets, and is it because that was doing well, and you just were looking for something bigger to bring out on?
2: Um, I, I, I think that for me, um, it was kind of just like, a number of different ideas sort of came together, I think together and sort of formed like a puzzle. And then in, in a way, the idea presented itself to me like, so, so I, I perform, I live near the comedy bar Danforth, I live probably five minute drive away from the place. And while it was while it was getting built and they were, you know, I was very excited because I'm like, geez, I could walk to the place. I, I love that idea, you know, and then I produced shows already on the Danforth at Socap. And then it just seemed obvious that like and, and I live near the beaches in Toronto. And I don't know if you, if you know, in Toronto, we have the Toronto, uh, the beaches jazz festival. This is the biggest one in Toronto. Um, and in a way, I want to I, I was thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if we had something like that for comedy? Right. Which, when you when you think of the beaches jazz festival and you think of Just for Laughs in Montreal, I feel like Just for Laughs in Montreal versus what it does in Toronto is that it's in a certain area where you can walk to venues and it's a kind of a cool part of town and all that stuff
0: goes in one night easily, right? Exactly. And, Whereas and in transportation,
2: exactly in Toronto, um, the the venues are very far from each other. You know, because that's just you know so. Um, And there's not really that one concentrated spot in Toronto where, I mean, there are two clubs here that are kind of back to back to each other. But generally speaking, the clubs are very disparate throughout the, throughout the city. So I was thinking like, wouldn't it be amazing if we had something like, and I was thinking like, oh yeah, well, it could be on the Danforth. We have those two places and we have other places and I live here and I'm producing shows. And I was like, oh my God, I wanted to do something bigger. Initially, I was thinking like, I want to bring acts from this, from in from the States and do something, I don't know, in September or October or something like that, you know? And then and i think just all those ideas together just kind of came together and i thought my god this kind of checks off all the things that i was thinking right so how many shows are
0: we talking
2: in this festival so there's Um, 17 shows over five days awesome and and three venues i think that um you know there are other venues that i could have done shows at that do shows currently on the danforth i just I've been really uh, careful not to bite off more than I can chew. Although I think I, I have done that. I think I could have been
0: shows in five days. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> that maybe more. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and 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 as of as of like maybe three weeks ago, I was literally doing everything on my own. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for this. And any more comedy
0: and more Canadian comedy festivals and opportunities for talent, it is is amazing um and you have an amazing lineup what are the two venues comedy bar and is it is so are those the two venues
2: well yeah so so yeah well there are actually three venues uh okay. comedy bar danforth um and SoCap comedy they produce shows uh their shows there by independent producers throughout the year um i would say 95 percent of their programming is comedy and then there's another place called uh dawn on the danforth it's a um it used to be a uh, masonic temple and they, uh, s- someone bought it and turned it into an event space. We have two spaces there. One one of the spaces fits 250. And on the last night, that's going to be the night where we have uh, the All-Star Super Show with uh, uh, Sean Cullen closing the show and Frank Spadone in that show as well. And that's the on the closing night. We do have Rob Hayes on the closing night as well, but the the, the Dawn on the Danforth is really just that, the, that last night. Um, so, yeah.
1: These, these shows, by the way, the, they're in August. The first weekend is a long weekend, which is great. And the second weekend is falls on the Taste of the Danforth, which is when the Greek shows are, which is, you know, it's perfect for to have those shows at the exact same time as the Taste of the Danforth, where all the people are are already congregating down there, right?
0: That's amazing. Yeah, no, that, that, that was well planned. Okay, Lenny, this is the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. And I always like to end kind of on this question. Um, and that's who do you think, I know you don't know who's in the Hall of Fame, who's out of the Hall of Fame and all these things, but if you would be like, oh, this Canadian is a Canadian comedy Hall of Famer, who would you kind of put in there?
1: Oh, man. Uh, it's a big question. This, this is a big question, but give me one, just to answer, uh, you can answer this question. I'm not even positive about this. because I don't really follow, like I don't really know who's in yeah. it. But is Kenny Robinson in it? So it's funny,
0: Kenny Robinson- He's is the actually- president. He's the president of the Hall yeah. of Fame, so I mean, he's allowed to be the president. So I think for three years, mm. um, and then, and I know you have a great like your relationship with Kenny and being involved in in his show and his career. Um, so he's not in it yet, is what I'm saying. But I well, future Hall of Famer
1: for sure. Well, that's that's right. That, that's one that I, I thought off the top of my head because he's been around so, and and uh, there, like, there's comics that I see. I can't I can't honestly like he's the only one that came right to the top of my to my head right away is Kenny Robinson right because I mean I, I I've known him I didn't only really started hanging out with him being with him more often in 2010 when I first started going to the Nubian show but but you hear stories and and you hear nothing but good things so I, he's one of those like a like a player you know in, in sports again that you know they're going to get there you know it it just matter when right and his name comes
0: out more often than most on 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 the show which is I mean, a testament to him and his career, which has been amazing. Luke, same, same question to you. I know, again, you don't know who's in and who's out of the Hall of Fame. But if you think Canadian Comedy
2: Hall of Famer, who who comes to your mind? I mean, I think I'm going to pick someone who's most probably definitely in it. Uh, Martin Short. So um,
0: Martin's nominated this year. Uh, okay, really? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah
2: yeah martin short for for me it's not just like um you know the obvious things it's i think the thing that i i I laugh at the most and uh is jiminy glick yeah jiminy Jiminy glick is so hilarious watching jiminy glick just trying to eat a donut while eat it ingest it whatever you know what i mean stuff it in his face however you want to think of it um yeah just just amazing just so hilarious I actually
0: went back and re-watched a bunch of Jiminy uh, recently. I mean, that's that's a show when it was on Comedy Central or whoever had it, Comedy Network one of them. Uh, it's
1: like a, it's like a take on the Brian Lanahan, right? Obviously, like the Brian Lanahan. Remember, obviously, Brian Lanahan show was like that, right? He was like always hands-on with everybody, right? And Jiminy <laughs> Glick is just crazy.
0: I love when he rolls up his paper and hits the person, yeah. you
2: know what I mean? Uh, it's but, but what I love about Martin Short, though, is that... Um, you know, it's always great. Uh, like with roast battles, what's great is that, like, insulting someone is so amazing, right? Especially if they're they're on board, right? Um, it's like that Zach Galifianakis, right, in between two ferns. Amazing. I mean, it's just w- what's so classic is that. And and Martin Short, when he's insulting you, even if whether he's in Jiminy Glick or even just like being himself, it's he's so nice about it and yet it's so mean and it's, it's so, so
0: so likable yeah. i
2: know and it's so beautiful because you love him and you feel bad for the other person but also you love it that he's that he's just and the and the, the person can't really because he's so charming and likable and everything so it it always goes over so it makes it it makes it fun right and, and it makes it uh, cool to watch and stuff like that it's hilarious you
0: know? uh luke good luck uh, and lenny with the festival i know gonna be amazing yeah, thanks uh, for having you know, us on. I'll, I'll promote it. Yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. I'm I'm always excited
2: to talk. You know, hey, did you see Lenny's talks? wall? I never noticed his wall before. Did you see what says? Yeah, I saw is, it says. This is
1: yeah. This says this the, the says, day. Yeah, that's my bedroom. This is my yeah. bedroom. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, great. See, look, yeah. it's a pillow. <laughs> Season <laughs> eight,
2: yet still no blowjobs. <laughs> Shh.
1: It's a secret. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, listen, uh, Chad, if you're ever if you're in Toronto i mean not for sure really just give us a call because we'll just go out for a bite to eat or something or just hang out i'd love to i I know know the places to go i I know the places to go
0: we i always talked about tyler who was my writing partner on the show we're like yeah we were because you we were just talking restaurants one night and was like i need lenny's number just to talk restaurants with that because i love it yeah awesome thanks thanks again guys really appreciate it thank you all right thanks chad lenny knows all the amazing food hot spots he was doing it the whole time in toronto it was incredible thanks to luke and lenny for coming on the show uh, a ton of fun that's how we do it on this episode we just our two interviews we just squeeze them together and it uh it created an amazing interview of those two guys once again i want to run down the festival for you it is august 4th 5th and 6th and august 11th and 12th five amazing days of comedy uh, three venues dawn in the Danforth comedy bar Danforth and so cap comedy and, and the lineup's incredible Like I mentioned before Sean Collin, Allie Pierce Crystal Ferrier Nathan McIntosh Glenn Foster Evan Carter Kathy Boyd Tim Blair uh, Luke and Lenny will be on shows as well It's gonna be incredible uh, real simple to get tickets just go to comedy nuggets.com all the information for the festival is there all the shows you can find out who who you want to see which day you want to go click on a day Real simple. Scroll down. Buy now tickets. Easy, easy website to use and really easy to get tickets through ComedyNuggets.com. Okay, that's it for the show. Episode 31 is in the books. Probably going to take a couple weeks off, but I'll be back with bigger and better things on the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Chad Noonan.